Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. This is an RNZ podcast. This week, the Nutcracker in the Four Realms sets out its stall early. Where am I? You're in the Four Realms, Princess Clara. Princess? At your service, Your Majesty. Maybe I have been spending too much time in the attic. Shoplifters asks questions about survival and family. And English director Steve McQueen shows why he remade the old TV show Widows. Now, the best thing we have going for us is being who we are. Why? Because no one thinks we have the balls to pull this off. Hello, I'm Simon Morris. If there's one safe rule when it comes to improving the movie industry, it's to be very suspicious of anyone offering safe rules. The cliché coined by the late William Goldman may have become tedious with repetition, but it's still true enough. Nobody knows anything. But it doesn't stop people pretending they do. And in fact, if you want a good rule, here's one. The best way to ensure good films is to let good filmmakers make them. This is Rawlings, um, Jack Mulligan. I had the privilege of working with your husband a couple of times. He was a wonderful man. I'm so sorry for your loss. If there's anything I can do, please don't hesitate to ask. I'm not a hard man to find. Finding these talented filmmakers is easy. At any given time, there are only about a dozen of them working anywhere in the world. And this week, coincidentally, two of them showed their wares. From London, the unpredictable Steve McQueen has produced Widows, while the Japanese master Koreeda Hirokazu has released his can palm door winner, Shoplifters. For frustrated filmgoers, the long drought has finally broken. And in each case, you don't even have to ask what their movies are about. As it happens, they're both ostensibly about crime. One, a family of petty thieves. The other, a remake of an 80s TV thriller. But it doesn't matter. It's enough to know who made them. Trust them. Coriator and McQueen are two of the best in the business. You vouch for her? I don't require a vouch. You really need another gun? I got my own. You need to watch how you talk to me. If you're in, we need to get you started right away. Meanwhile, on the sloppy side of the street, less reliable talents are clearly following current trends. Yet another rendition of Robin Hood is being sold with a tagline that we've become increasingly sick of. You think you know the legend, it trumpets desperately. Here's the story behind it, along with plenty of special effects and the unlikely casting of Jamie Foxx as Little John. We're all suspects now. If we get caught, they will kill us all. Really inspiring. Thanks. You're not Robin of Luxley anymore. You're Robin Hood. 
The version starring Kingsman's Taron Edgerton is no better than that featuring Russell Crowe recently or the one with Kevin Costner before that. It looks violent, overwrought and, frankly, no fun at all. And who wants a fun-free Robin Hood? I'm sorry, the old Errol Flynn version remains the gold standard by simply sticking to the legend. I suppose you realise the penalty for killing a king's deer is death. Are there no exceptions? Will you come with me? To Sherwood. I have nothing to offer you but a life of hardship and danger, but we'd be together. Because I love you, Robin, I'd come. Even a danger would mean nothing if you were with me. But while this Robin Hood is mucking about with a story we mostly know, spare some pity for a Disney production with a famous title, but not much more. Most people know The Nutcracker is a ballet with an even better-known score, but the plotline is rather more elusive. This is a film that's going to need some help, starting with a new title. It's Christmas Eve. Mystery. Expectations. The film is called The Nutcracker and the Four Realms and it's loosely based on the tale of Hoffman that was turned into a ballet by Tchaikovsky. But like most ballets, it's far better known for its melodies and dances than for anything resembling a plot. Who knows what might happen? I have a faint memory of a nutcracker in the shape of a soldier coming to life and fighting a mouse king with seven heads, but don't quote me on that. So the optimistic trailer, once again promising the legend I know, but with a dark side, is assuming rather much. Like, for instance, where are we? Your gift this year will be something you'll never forget. Most people don't realise there are troubled realms within our world. We open on what looks like an aerial shot of Victorian London with an owl flying around Big Ben before landing on the house of a grieving family. Mother has died recently, leaving Dad to bring up three children, Clara, Louise and Fritz. Fritz? Maybe we're not in London after all. This time has been difficult for all of us. But Christmas comes. We must do our best to enjoy it. I don't want to enjoy anything right now. They're off to a Christmas party being thrown by Clara's godfather, Herr Drosselmeyer. So I think we can take it as red. We're not in London anymore, Toto. But if we're in Germany, we're in an odd part of it. Come in, Herr Morgan Freeman, in an eye patch. Your mother was the cleverest inventor I ever knew. And there was never any doubt when I asked what her greatest creation was. I suppose this is the future direction of today's family films. Colourblind casting in a geography-blind setting with a story that substitutes pace for coherence. Clara is sent down a corridor, herring after a mouse that's stolen a key to Clara's late mother's music box. And at the end of the corridor, Clara opens a door into a magic kingdom, created, it appears, by Clara's mum. Be careful who you trust. I've been expecting you. <laughs> Mother Ginger wants to rule the rounds.
Not just one Magic Kingdom, but four of them, hence the title, The Nutcracker and the Four Realms. What's that? Where's the Nutcracker? Well, sorry, there he is, a former toy soldier Nutcracker, now called Philip, who, judging by his complexion, comes from the same part of Germany as Morgan Freeman. Where am I? You're in the Four Realms, Princess Clara. Princess? At your service, Your Majesty. Maybe I have been spending too much time in the attic. The plot, using the term in its loosest and least reliable sense, whisks Clara and her new best friend, the Nutcracker Soldier, to a wildly art-directed town where they meet representatives of three of the realms, led by the Sugar Plum Fairy. Welcome to our world. The land of snowflakes. The land of flowers. And the land of sweets. But in the fourth realm, this is where our troubles began. Now, I love Kira Knightley dearly, so long as she doesn't try doing anything like acting. Certainly the voice she's selected is her most irritating to date, made doubly so because she's required to do so much exposition. Just a girl. Your mother created our world. My mother made all of this. She was our queen. The future of the realms lies with you. Having counted off the realms of snowflakes, flowers and sweets, Sugar Plum tells Clara there's a fourth unnamed one led by Mother Ginger. And with the story falling apart in our hands, Clara and the Nutcracker Soldier are sent to take on this sinister figure played, why not, by Helen Mirren. Time has come. The astonishing thing about this wobbly edifice is it comes from the Disney Studios, who've constructed more fairy tale movies than anyone over the years. So, what convinced them that this was a good idea, or frankly, an idea at all? And who, realising it was falling to pieces like confetti, thought the solution was smothering the production with multicoloured candy floss and Tchaikovsky on steroids? It's just the laws of physics. Do those laws always work? As far as I know. Ready. The original story certainly needed something, but I'm not convinced it was a girl power late mother who excelled in clockwork machinery, a sugar plum fairy and a mother ginger taking it in turns to be the villains, and Morgan Freeman playing Herr Drosselmeyer. She's going to destroy everything my mother created. Are you ready? Add to this two, you'd think, conflicting directors from the art house Lassie Halstrom and Captain America's Joe Johnston, and it's hardly surprising the tone of the Nutcracker and the Four Realms never really settles. Mind you, combined snowflakes, flowers, sweets, and nuts, and what do you expect? I've been expecting you. <laughs> It's time.
When Coriator Hirokazu's film Shoplifters won the top prize at this year's Cannes Film Festival, it was hardly a shock. The writer-director's been making wonderful, subtle films, often about families, for years, including After the Storm, Like Father, Like Son and the delightful I Wish. Shoplifters is about a struggling family in modern-day Tokyo. Hey. They may be shoplifters, but they're not deadbeats. Three of the family are holding down jobs, just not earning enough to live on. The story opens on Dad and a 10-year-old boy expertly exercising the five-finger discount at the local supermarket. And on the way home, they find a very young girl seemingly abandoned on the street. Mama. <laughs> Concerned, they take little Yuri inside and we meet the rest of the family. A mother, a grandmother, a teenage girl. While times are clearly tough for them, there's a lot of love in the house. Far more, it seems, than Yuri has received. She seems half-starved and mistreated and the family is shocked. In the end, the shoplifters decide to keep the child. In the streets of Tokyo, a family is a rather less formal arrangement than it might be in more privileged circles. As one character asks, why should the act of giving birth automatically qualify someone to be a mother? The trick that Coriator pulls off in Shoplifters is to take a group of thieves and swindlers, prostitutes and cheats, and make us not just understand them, but fall in love with them. There's more to the family than meets the eye, good and bad, and there are unexpected reasons for them to wish to stay under the radar of the authorities. <laughs> These are people that the system has failed, so it's up to them to come up with their own system, even if it is one that's as dependent on good luck as on good management. And when Yuri's real parents belatedly tell their story on television, it's clear that luck is about to run out. When the shoplifters wonder, as we do, why it took Yuri's parents so long to report her missing, no one's listening. We found her, says the mother. Someone else threw her away. And when the twist in the tale of the story arrives, it's heartbreaking. And that's the problem with the law. It doesn't allow the flexibility that's daily negotiated by people who live outside it.
The performances across the board, from the elderly grandmother to the five-year-old playing Yuri, are wonderfully convincing, and Shoplifters may take its time getting there, but it knows exactly where it's going. More than anything, we want the family to be forgiven, to be allowed to continue, even though we know it probably won't happen. When the mostly sympathetic police ask the father why he taught his children to shoplift, he looks guilelessly at them and simply says, I had nothing else to teach them. It's a moment as touching as anything in I, Daniel Blake. Shoplifters is the story of people who have nothing and still make a life for themselves, of people who have plenty and don't deserve it, and of a system that already fails the people at the bottom and then punishes them a second time when they're caught out. That said, it's not setting out to teach us a lesson unless that lesson is don't judge, look under the surface. But it's not the story that's the reason why Shoplifters is so good and richly deserves the many awards it's already accrued. It's who's telling it. Coriator has come up with one of the best told stories of the year. English director Steve McQueen is the most unlikely candidate to be one of the best filmmakers in the world. His background is the art world rather than film school, and he translated those skills to unconventional films like Hunger, Shame, and the Oscar-winning 12 Years a Slave. Now McQueen has confounded expectations once again by remaking a popular TV thriller from the 80s, Linda LaPlante's Widows. What has happened in the world that normal now passes as excellence? When did we lower our standards? The original Widows were set in Thatcher's Britain. The new film adaptation by Gone Girl's Gillian Flynn is set in modern-day Chicago, and it offers McQueen the chance to explore crime, politics, race, class, gender politics, and four contrasting women in just over two hours. For structural skill alone, Widows deserves respect. This is about my life. This is about my life. And because it's about my life, it now becomes about yours. Above all, though, this Widows is an endlessly compelling story. It opens on a passionate love scene between Veronica and Harry, Viola Davis and Liam Neeson. They're obviously well off, but then we cut violently to a scene that explains where that money comes from. It's a robbery that's going very wrong. Something happened today, something bad. Our husbands aren't coming back. 
Harry and his three associates go down on a hail of bullets, leaving four distraught widows. Veronica, working mother Linda, statuesque trophy wife Alice, and Amanda, the youngest. They're soon to discover their feckless husbands mostly left them with nothing, and worse, heavily in debt to the worst gangsters in the city. You have no idea, do you? Or did you choose not to know? Your husband stole $2 million from me. The dangerous Manning brothers plan to move up to the big league, politics. And to get there, they need to take on the Mulligan family. No less corrupt, but better established. And close friends of Harry, it turns out. But if you're aware of a crime, you should really go to the police. Mr Mulligan, you said whenever I needed help. Now your family's been involved in Harry's life for many years. When I say help, I, I understand. Mean help. So, with much admiration and respect for your late husband and yourself, of course, I don't see what I can do. When it's confirmed that Jack Mulligan's glib assurances to Veronica are empty, she realizes the only way for her to get out from under the trouble she's in is to complete the next robbery her husband was planning. Veronica's got Harry's notes on how to do it. Now she needs her own gang to pull it off. My husband left me the plans for his next job. All I need is a crew to pull it off. Why should we trust you anyway? Because I'm the only one standing between you and a bullet in your head. So she turns to the other widows, who've all got their own reasons to need money. Alice and Linda agree to join forces with Veronica, but when Amanda turns them down for her own reasons, Linda brings in her hard-boiled babysitter, Belle, as driver. Solved our problem. What's this? This is Belle. She's fast, she's smart, and she can drive. Come on, we can't do this, the three of us. We need a driver. This is not your place. Please ask her to leave. I'm standing here. You can talk to me. I don't know you. You don't have to. The mark of a good director is first picking great talent. The cast of Widows is as brilliant as it is unpredictable, but also listening to them. Watching the likes of Michelle Rodriguez, Elizabeth Debicki, Broadway star Cynthia Erivo in her first movie, and Robert Duvall in about his 90th, you can tell how much they're being encouraged to bring to the film. Now, the best thing we have going for us is being who we are. Why? Because no one thinks we have the balls to pull this off. Similarly, writer Gillian Flynn is a worthy addition to the brilliant collaborators of Steve McQueen in his previous films. We become used to seeing complex plotting and characterization in long-form TV dramas, but McQueen and Flynn have achieved something more by reducing it to movie length. This is for guns. Guns? From where? Figure it out. this whole thing goes wrong, I want my kids to know that I didn't just sit there and take it. I did something. There's something exhilarating in seeing so much wonderful material in a traditional thriller three-act structure. This is the first movie in years you can talk about in the same breath as Chinatown, Heat or The Godfather. It really is that good. That's what I've learned from men like your late husband and my father is that you reap what you sow. Let's hope so.
The TV version of Widows inevitably went to a second series. I'm not sure whether I want McQueen to take on these great characters again or if I prefer him to move on, leaving us wanting more. But one thing I do know, McQueen will decide he won't be bullied by a studio. And that's the other mark of a great director. And on that safe rule, I suppose, it's time to go. I'm Simon Morris, and I hope you'll join me at the movies same time next week. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.